Good morning and welcome to Captain Cambino's Cabana, live Saturday, June 17th, 2023. We are live on Instagram. Uh, YouTube is not really working so well, so I don't really know what's going on. I got to figure that out. The captain's been busy, so I'm uh, glad to be back and uh, we're going to have some fun today. Um, it's summertime. We all know that. Hope everybody's had a great week. Um, first of all, I'm going to start off by saying um, uh, thank you to our troops all over, overseas, here in the United States of America. Thank you for all that you do, all the servicemen and women, for keeping us safe and fighting for our freedom. Thank you so much. God bless you and your families. Thank you to our law enforcement and first responders, all that you do, all the men and women out there keeping us safe, protecting us. Thank you so much for all you do. And uh, the captain is a big advocate of the NRA, and I am a support the Second Amendment. So just going to throw that out there. Um, if you don't like that, you can leave. So anyway, welcome back to the cabana. It's um, kind of a overcast day here, but everything, you know, it is what it is. We're here chilling, have a good time. Welcome back to entertainment, entertainment therapy. So um, just been busy. I would have done one last week, but um, I haven't ever since the vacation, I, I haven't been sleeping too well and I've been trying to get back on track. So, you know, I guess that happens. So you just got to deal with it, but it's good to be back and um, just having some fun. Um, it's Saturday, it's summertime. So um, summer officially will start later this week, the 21st, 22nd, whatever. But summer to me starts May 1st. That's just how I see it because you know, May 1st, that's when they always release like a summer blockbuster movie or something like that. So I know it's still chilly in certain places, but to me, May 1st, you turn that corner, you turn that corner to summer. So that's what I've always liked. So I've always, you know, I've appreciated. So um, anyway, um, I am testing my new internet connection. So uh, actually the captain switched from Xfinity to T-Mobile. So I am saving a lot of money and that, that's what it's about. So, but it's honestly, it was a heck of a deal. So I'm going for it and we'll see what happens. So we are on a new internet connection today. So uh, bear with me, hope it goes well. So anyway, uh, the topic today, really, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about summer eighties movies. Um, I know. And again, with the whole podcast, you know, again, I have no clue what I'm, what I'm talking about from week to week. Even, even if I show up, I don't know. So, <laughs> but, uh, it's a beautiful day. Uh, it's summertime. I want to talk about summer movies. So I was texting a friend of mine yesterday, a couple of buddies, we were talking about just, you know, classic summer movies and, you know, anniversaries of summer movies. So when you're a kid, you remember that stuff. And so yesterday, for instance, June 16th, <laughs> A buddy of mine, uh, Jonathan Walker, and my brother Ryan, and my mom, we went to the Mall of Memphis movie theater. This was June 16th, 1989. I'll never forget it. It's just, I'm just weird with dates, you know. Um, we wanted to go see the movie with Hulk Hogan called No Holds Barred. Well, it, in Oxford, it, it wasn't at the local theater. It just wasn't a widely distributed film. And plus, the same day was Ghostbusters 2, and um, I can't remember exactly at the time what else was around there. And the next week was Batman. So there were some competitive movies, but they just didn't see No Holds Barred as a blockbuster, whatever. So it was just the larger markets is where the only place you could watch it. So Memphis had it. So we went to this, <laughs> we went to the Mall of Memphis Theater, which back in the day was pretty awesome. 
you know, the, the mall was great. All kinds of great shops and toy stores and sports stuff, everything, you name it. Um, Goldsmiths back in the day, too. Um, but, yeah, so we went to the Mall of Memphis Theater to, to go see No Holds Barred. And myself, my brother, Jonathan, my mom, so that's four of us, and a, another couple. There were six people in the entire theater to see No Holds Barred Hulk Hogan. <laughs> My mom was like, this is my life. This is what I do. <laughs> terrible film. I mean, it wasn't super terrible. It was, it was, it had its moments, but it was just funny that we went all the way to Memphis just to go see No Holds Barred. <laughs> oh man. That's for you, Hulk Hogan. Hulkster. Hulkamania lives. So anyway, um, classic. So, <laughs> but, um, and then the next week was Batman. So that was June 23rd. I remember that. It was um, June 23rd of 89. I remember the uh, the trailers for it and everything growing up. I mean, I was 10 years old. So it was just like, man, I can't wait to see this movie. And I, was, I, was, I wasn't like a huge comic book nerd. I was into some of them. But Superman and Batman were like my top two. I like Spider-Man and Hulk. But that was about it. I didn't really get into a whole lot of other ones. Uh, He-Man, things like that. But um, G.I. Joe comics, you know, stuff like that. Wasn't, wasn't a whole lot. But... Superman and Batman were always the top two. Uh, this is all I knew. Uh, and that movie, I remember the USA Today front page had a picture of uh, Michael Keaton, you know, grabbing Jack Nicholson like, you, you know, you son of a bitch, you killed my parents. And, you know, that, that scene at the end of the movie. And it was just like this. It was just, I just remember it right there in the top left and USA Today. It was, a, you know, a Friday. And my grandmother came to visit. So my grandmother took me and my little brother to go see it. And it was a matinee that, that Friday afternoon. Um, and back then, you know, uh, people knew about it or whatever. They, it just wasn't, you didn't have online sales. You know, you didn't have, you have to go get the tickets. So that was the best time to go was during the day. So I remember it was a beautiful day. My grandmother came to visit and uh, my dad's mother. And uh, she dropped us off. And I mean, I remember during the, during the film, when Billy D. Williams, who played Harvey Dent, when he would get up on the screen, when, was, when he had a scene or whatever, these college guys that were there, you know, they were being pretty rowdy. They would always yell out, Billy D! Like that. <laughs> I mean, it was Lando Calrissian, you know? Come on. And Batman. So every time Billy D. would show up, Billy D! Like <laughs> but, um, um, and then I just remember the first time you saw the Batwing, one dude, like, screamed out yes like that and you know i'm sure there were some nerds back then that were into all that stuff but as a kid you're just enthralled by it you're just taking it all in and it was it was awesome so that was uh, june 23rd of 89 summer of 89 summer of 89 is some great films I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up a little bit i remember may of 89 i don't know which date or whatever but indiana jones and the last crusade was released my uncle came to visit my mom's brother um they, they were from Wichita. They're, they're still in Wichita. They came to visit. and um, Welcome to Wichita. So, <laughs> but they came to visit, and um, uh, we went to go see Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I remember sitting next to my uncle, and they, they played the tra Before the movie started, obviously, there was trailers and previews, and they did the trailer for Batman. And I guess my uncle didn't know anything about it or wasn't paying attention, whatever. And, but he was a big comic book nerd growing up. My mom says he was super into the whole Batman, the 60s TV show, and uh, George Reeves, the 1950s TV show, 
Superman. But yeah, he loved Batman from Adam West, the TV show. But uh, my mom said he was all into that and just crazy stuff. But I mean, that was a different show. That was a kind of a quirky, uh, weird show, Batman. But but the, when the trailer for the movie, when he saw it, his eyes lit up like a like a little kid. And I'm sitting right next to him, ten year old, just looking at him. And he was like, oh, wow, Batman. And I was just like, pretty cool, huh, Uncle Billy? You know, like that. And it was just like, yeah, he was all into it. So he's like, I got to go see that. So, I mean, like, you're always a kid at heart, you know. You'll never forget those moments. So that's what I always, always enjoyed that. So um, we're live on Instagram. Nobody's joined. Typical. That's okay. We're, uh, Rome wasn't built overnight. So this is the 18th podcast, by the way. So, again, thank you for being here. And I'll, I'll be posting this later to YouTube as well. So, anyway. Um, but, yeah, summer summer of 80s movies. Uh, and I'll get to another, like, topic of summer blockbuster movies, you know. But summer 80, 80s movies, you know. Um, there's a... Uh, I have my own list that are my favorites. I mean, I just grew up on. I just always enjoyed them. And it was just... Um, it's just, you know how I see things and how I, you know, I, I thought it was my favorite, favorite summer 80s movies. Uh, Armed and Dangerous came out in 1986 with John Candy, Eugene Levy, uh, Meg Ryan. I think it was one of Meg Ryan's first films, I'm not for sure. But, um, I mean, I think it was like a summertime type movie and uh, John Candy is a, he's a police officer that gets demoted to like a security guard. And if he doesn't participate or, you know, stay with the job, he'll go to jail. But it's just a funny summer 80s movies and, uh, um, they uh, bust the bad guy, Italian, Robert Loggia. Uh, they're, uh, it's like a union uh, mafia type film where they try to have to go, un- they have to go undercover and find out what's going on. Uh, really funny film. So yeah, if you get a chance, check out Armed and Dangerous with uh, John Candy and Eugene Levy from summer of 1986. Uh, Bachelor Party came out in 1984 with Tom Hanks. And I'm going alphabetically here the best I can. So, um, summer of 1984 excuse me and tom hanks his characters uh getting married and they planning the bachelor party i believe it was summertime maybe in spring i hope i may be wrong on that one but either way that's another classic summertime type movie um i mean if you if anybody's been at a, in a bachelor party you'll you'll know it's the you definitely have to watch it so it's just a classic uh comedy of uh hijinks and uh ooh, small theater you'll uh, you'll know what i'm talking about and um but uh, that's a good summer film, I believe. Um, I believe it's Summer uh, Bachelor Party, Tom Hanks. Um, of course, Batman came out in 1989, June 23rd. And recently, I actually did Thursday night, I went to go see The Flash. Because, again, I haven't been sleeping well, so I, I figured, what the heck, I'll just stay up and um, go to bed at 2 in the morning but, uh, and go to work the next day. So, <laughs> no, no big deal. But The Flash was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, seeing Michael Keaton as Batman, the nostalgia brought back childhood memories. I was 10 years old again. I'm not kidding. It was, it was just, it was awesome. Um, really great film. Um, it had the comic book feel. The music kind of uh, resembled uh, Star Wars slash Indiana Jones type a little bit. Uh, the, you know, the, the uh, soundtrack. So um, good stuff. Um, and it just, I enjoyed it. So if you get a chance, go see The Flash. And I actually got a commemorative cup. It was like a dollar more. I was like, yeah. I mean, I remember getting those cups when I was a kid. So um, I was like, why not? I get, now I got another cup. So pretty cool. So yeah, Batman of Summer of 89, Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Joker. Oh, man. Kim Basinger. 
just an awesome summer movie, even though it's not like a, even though, I mean, it came out in the 80s, yeah, it was summertime, but it wasn't like a typically a summer movie, but I'm basically talking about summer 80, 80s movies that were hits, um, but uh, again, it's the cabana, we're winging it, I have no clue, so we're just seeing what happens, so it's entertainment therapy, um, but yeah, Batman was an awesome, awesome movie, uh, the special effects back then, you know, there wasn't, it wasn't CGI or anything, it was just, it was awesome, just everything was camera so it was just good stuff so check obviously check out batman if you haven't uh you got beverly hills cop one and two uh beverly hills cop came out in 1984 it was like a june set in june of summertime in detroit and beverly hills just a great cop comedy summer flick um eddie murphy pulls it off brilliantly uh eddie murphy's always been one of my favorites growing up just that laugh <laughs> uh but yeah, he just um, just just classic. Uh, actually, and a little fact of you know interesting fact here: Sylvester Stallone was offered the role of Beverly Hills Cop, Axel Foley. He was he was offered the part first and turned it down because he was working on Rocky IV, um, or he's planning on it, doing something. He was in the middle of it, or production, or, or they were casting, or I don't know what he was doing. But but yeah, so he turned it down because of Rocky IV. And then also Ghostbusters came out in the summer of 84. And um, that's another great, I know I'm jumping here, but Ghostbusters are also offered Eddie Murphy and John Candy the uh, roles in the film. Well, Eddie Murphy turned down Ghostbusters because he was working on Beverly Hills Cop. So the timing was strange, like just, you know, ironic and unusual, but amazing what could have been. Think about Ghostbusters. If, um, if Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, and John Candy. So basically, Dan Aykroyd wrote the part of Winston for Eddie Murphy. And, you know, that because he, he had Eddie Murphy in mind because they were all Saturday Night Live alums. Uh, John Candy wasn't. He was on SCTV, but I think he may have been on Saturday Night Live a few times. I don't know. But but I, I think there might have been an ego problem, maybe butting of heads with Bill Murray and, and Eddie Murphy. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but... I mean, I've heard stories of obviously Bill Murray and Chevy Chase getting into it. So, on Caddyshack, the set uh, in 1980. Um, but yeah, so can you imagine though that um, Winston Zeddemore, the character, would have been Eddie Murphy, and Rick Moranis's character would have been John Candy. I mean, either way, it'd have been great. But I mean, you can't you can't beat Rick Moranis's performances in one and two. Louis Tully. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine John Candy as the accountant? But either way, it was just that's that's just cool to hear. I mean, like that. Either way, it could it, Ghostbusters is great. It will always be great for not one of the best films ever. But it could have been even way better. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, like, who who knows what could have happened? You know, this is that the the powers that be had stayed, you know, as it, as it intended. But anyway, I thought that was, that was pretty cool information. You know, uh, Eddie Murphy and Ghostbusters. So, but then we wouldn't have gotten Beverly Hills Cop. So. Or a bit may have been delayed. Who knows? But uh, Beverly Hills Cop, 1984, uh, great film. That's you know Bronson Pinchot's character. His name is Serge. Serge, and, you know, he talks like this. You know, and uh, he does all this art. He has an art gallery. And <laughs> Eddie Murphy says, "Yeah, I was just wondering, uh, can I get some espresso or a tea or something?" He goes, "No, I was just wondering, what what does this art piece go for? About 135,000. Get the fuck out of here! No, I cannot. It's true." <laughs> It's just his 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 voice. 
the way he talks. <laughs> he can't say Axel. Axel Foley. Aquil. Aquil. Axel. Aquil. <laughs> oh my God! I don't believe it. Aquil. <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, uh, Serge. 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 But yeah, Bronson Pinchot's character in Beverly Hills Cop was great. Uh, Judge Reinhold plays the role of Billy Rosewood. Um, that, he was, that was right after uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, so he was, he was on a roll. Judge Reinhold's one of my favorite actors. I actually met him in 2009. Great guy. I don't know if I've told you that story, but I'll get to that uh, later on at some point uh, or another. But yeah, so Beverly Hills Cop, one of my favorites. And Beverly Hills Cop 2 came out in the summer of 87. Um, you know, again, kind of a revisit to Beverly Hills. And um, 87 to me, like 86, 87 was when I think all the action movies, summer action movies, started to get really bloody and gory, like if it was a cop film. Like they would, uh, they wouldn't hold back, man. I mean, like they would, I mean, they would, they showed some pretty rough stuff back in the eighties, you know? Um, another one, I don't know if you've seen RoboCop, the first RoboCop movie. I know this hadn't anything to do with summer, but I believe it came out in summer of 87. I know it was 1987. I'm not sure if it was summer, but the way they killed officer Murphy and they turn him into RoboCop, just the way he died was just awful. I mean, it was just terrible. I mean, I know it's a movie, but I'm just saying the 80s movies did not hold back. If it was an action film, a cop movie, or anything like that, they did not hold back, man. They went full force, and, you know, they would piss you off. So. <laughs> but, yeah, there was uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2, um, another, good, another good one. So uh, more comedy, I think, in the second one than the first one. And Eddie Murphy, again, just in his, I think he, he – that was right before Coming to America – uh, after trading places, obviously, but he he was just on fire. So Eddie Murphy, 80s Eddie Murphy, just killed it. Excuse me. Um, another random one, it's not really like a comedy, but I enjoyed it, is Body Heat. Uh, came out in 1981. Um, William Hurt, rest in peace, and Kathleen Turner. They play a couple that's fooling around. Richard Crenna's the husband. He's loaded, millionaire. Filmed in South Florida, actually, uh, I think near Palm Beach or somewhere down there, and they're trying to steal, you know, kill him so they can get the insurance money or something, or the will goes to the to her, and it's really twist, interesting twist, like a really good thriller, suspense, edge of your seat type movie in the summer, and it's a it's a movie they're they're hot, it's hot, it's sweaty, it's just a good summer movie, summer suspenseful movie, so check out Body Heat. Uh, Brewster's Millions, one of my favorites, uh, 1985, Richard Pryor, rest in peace. I mean, that, uh, Richard Pryor, I mean, if it weren't for Richard Pryor, we wouldn't have Eddie Murphy, wouldn't have Dave Chappelle. I mean, um, just you name it, uh, Chris Rock. So, um, Richard Pryor, my opinion, the king of comedy. Um, and uh, I mean, up there with Rodney Dangerfield, no doubt. Um, and, um, Brewster's Millions. It's like a summertime uh, baseball, uh, Monty Brewster. Uh, he's he's um, down on his luck, baseball player, trying to make it to the pros. John Candy's his catcher. Um, and it's just a, just a funny, classic uh, baseball 80s movie. Um, he's trying to – he finds out his uh, grandfather was is a white guy. I think it's Hume Cronion. And <laughs> he's, he, he gets inherited $30 million. Well, but – he has to spend it in 30 days in order to inherit the $300 million inheritance. 
So it's like, and they can't tell anybody though. So he's got to be very, you know, very private about it. It's an interesting story, but a great comedy. And so he has to spend 30 million to get 300 million. And there's all these little quirks and stuff that go along the way, just, you know, uh, funny stuff that happens. And Rick Moranis makes a cameo. Um, but yeah, John Candy, um, uh, Richard Pryor, Montgomery Brewster, Brewster's Millions, 1985, funny, funny film, uh, good stuff. So check that out. Uh, Bull Durham, another one came out in 1988 with Kevin Costner. The Durham Bulls. Um, <laughs> just another good summer uh, baseball film. Uh, I don't really get in all the details there, uh, but it's um, I don't know it as well, like memorized <laughs> as well as I do other films, but Bull Durham's one of my favorites. Um, good, good baseball film, summer baseball movie. Caddyshack, 1980. Well, probably one of the greatest golf movies of all time. I mean, obviously up there with Happy Gilmore, I think top two, no doubt. But Caddyshack never, will never get old. Um, Chevy Chase, Ty Webb, the character, I mean, just hilarious. Filmed in Plantation, Florida, just outside of Fort Lauderdale, near Miami. Um, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a better cast. I mean, think of it. Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, Ted Knight, Rodney Dangerfield. I mean, um, and Lacey Underall, the character. Ooh, Jesus. Sorry. Um, anyway, uh, Chevy Chase's performance, just hands down. I mean, that was, that was awesome. One of the best comedies of all time. There's no doubt. Caddyshack. And uh, I was born to love you. I was born to lick your face. <laughs> Um, here's another check for 75000 Keep it. <laughs> Just as, thank you very little. Um, but yeah, Caddyshack, um, the jokes, everything about it. I mean, Brian Dole Murray's in it as well. Uh, just, just everything about the movie. I mean, <laughs> Judge Smales, his character, Rodney Dangerfield. Uh, they, and I heard, I read, a, uh, there's a lot of good documentary background on the film. Harold Ramis was a director, rest in peace. He, um, when he was directing Rodney Dangerfield, uh, also rest in peace, Rodney Dangerfield was more of a stand-up guy. He didn't, he didn't do a lot of movies. I mean, he had easy, he did easy money later on, then back to school, also great, funny movies. But in Caddyshack, when he was, they said when Harold Ramis was on the set, that, you know, they say, okay, three, two, one, action. Well, Rodney didn't know like that. He didn't know the takes. He didn't know like the, the cadences or whatever. So um, instead of saying action, and it was Rodney's scene, Harold goes, Rodney, do your thing. And that's where he's like, okay. And then he started like getting into character. That's how Rodney knew uh, like that was his cue. It was a little strange, but that's how he did it. And that's how it was so funny. But it's funny though, how, how he didn't do a lot of films. Rodney Dangerfield just did not. And, but when he did, they were golden. I mean, they were just, they were outstanding and so freaking funny. I mean, um, back to school, probably his best one. But Caddyshack, I mean, Caddyshack would probably be his best one too. I'm just saying, like, if I had to pick a Rodney film, I would go back to school. But Caddyshack's always going to be funny because of him. But, but just his whole <laughs> demeanor. Um, and, I mean, it was just, just... One of the best movies of all time, great summer film, Caddyshack. Be sure to check that out if you haven't. I mean, if you're a golf fan and you like to have a good time and screw around on the golf course and laugh, Caddyshack, no doubt. Caddyshack 2 came out in the summer of 88. wasn't as great as the first one. I mean, it was funny. had its moments. 
just they couldn't repeat it. Actually, Barstool Sports talked about this the other day on their Instagram. They have one. They have a sports podcast, and uh, I can't remember which one it actually is. There's so many levels of Barstool, but they were talking about worst sequels ever, and they actually Caddyshack Two was one of them, and it was. It was a terrible sequel. But, I mean, Chevy Chase's character came back, Ty Webb, and then Dan Aykroyd is, has a character, Robert Stack's in it. Um, so there were some funny moments, like the scene where um, Chevy Chase is showing around Jackie Mason. He's like the Rodney Dangerfield of Caddyshack, too, so he's showing him around the club, Bushwood, and Robert Stack walks up. He goes, oh, Ty, there you are. I'm looking for a, he goes, polygrip? No, no, no. Condom machine. No, no, no. That blue stuff you put your combs in? No, no. I'm looking for Mr. Hartoonian. <laughs> so he keeps, Chevy Chase keeps bringing up all this stuff that makes no sense. And he's like, he's like, he's a little strange. But the cool thing about Caddyshack 2, Jackie Mason's character is Mr. Hartoonian. Mr. Hartoonian was also the same guy in The Jerk, which I thought was really amazing. You know, uh, he was the owner of that gas station. Mr. Hartoonian, and he ends up the same, it's like the same character in Caddyshack 2. So there is a connection there between The Jerk and Caddyshack 2. So be sure to check out The Jerk. I mean, it's not an 80s movie, but 1979 might as well count, you know? So, um, he hates these cans! <laughs> um, okay, Club Paradise, 1986 with Robert Williams. Uh, rest in peace. That one was, um, it wasn't a, a blockbuster summer film but I mean it, to me it was summer he's in um, I think he's down there in the Columbia or uh, island somewhere and he wins a settlement he was a firefighter and he just wants to take a vacation he hates his job and wants to do something else so he goes to this Caribbean island and uh, gets in trouble with the locals down there and just a lot of funny stuff in that film so Robin Williams uh, Club Paradise Peter O'Toole is in it and there the cameo appearances um the short appearances by eugene levy and rick moranis are hilarious um make chest hair great again those guys had chest hair like, eugene levy had chest hair like there was no tomorrow i mean it was like a thicket uh just check check it it's so funny they're trying to smoke weed and pick up these women and they end up <laughs> they get they get the weed but they end up in the wrong side of town it's just so funny and rick moranis is trying to do that um the stand-up What's that? Where you stand up on the board, you're sailing. Um, I may be a captain of some things, but not that. So <laughs> I stick to the boats. But anyway, so he gets carried out to sea. <laughs> he keeps going. <laughs> it's it's a good laugh. So I mean, Club Paradise is good. There's some the the time where Robin Williams is, uh, inhales the helium. He thinks it's oxygen because he's taking the he's gonna go underwater. So anyway, uh, if you haven't seen Club Paradise, check that out. Um, Robin Williams. Uh, Dragnet's another good one. I, I think it's I think it's a summer film, uh, maybe late spring but early summer. But it's uh, another funny '80s movie based off the TV show, Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks, uh, Pep Strebeck. So yeah, um, uh, Dragnet, 1987. Dabney Coleman makes an appearance as the he's like a porn playboy uh, magazine smut magazine owner and he's just you know he, he talks like this you know <laughs> it's uh it's, it's a good one so uh dragnet 1987 a lot of good um funny funny stuff in that one so uh fletch fletch one of my favorites uh 1985 chevy chase um he is an undercover he's a reporter in the name of jane doe um 
like a it's like a suspense thriller, but mainly comedy. Obviously, it's Chevy Chase. I mean, come on. But it, it it adds in. He he does a good mix of thriller in it too. I mean, like suspense. So he, as a reporter, he you know, does a lot of undercover investigative work. And but he's, it's just it's just classic Chevy Chase when he goes to that that tennis club, and he's trying to follow up with um, uh, Al. Uh, Alan Matheson, Alan Matheson, uh, Tim Matheson's character, excuse me, from Animal House, and he's um, he he's he's checking on his wife, and he wants to get more information, and she answers the door in the towel, and he goes, uh, "Do you mind if I borrow your towel? My car just hit a water buffalo." <laughs> I mean, just it never gets old, but just the, the quotes and the the, the scenes and, and Fletch that he that he pulls off, you know, it's just. Um, I mean, it's just the Chevy Chase. Um, <laughs> uh, are you a guest of the club, sir? It's like, no, I'm with the Underhills. They already left. That's okay. He went back. He went, he'll be back. He went out for his urinalysis. Are you hungry? Are you, would you like some lunch, sir? I'll put it on the Underhills bill. Yeah, it's very good. I'll have a uh, Bloody Mary, a steak sandwich, and a steak sandwich. <laughs> but um, j- just good stuff. I mean, Fletch. Uh, I'm with the mattress police. There's no tax in these mattresses. <laughs> Are you recording this? Never, never. <laughs> so, um, there was actually a time, 2012, I went to uh, Turks, Turks and Caicos, uh, took an adults-only resort trip, and uh, the island near Turks and Caicos, the airport, is called Providenciel, and I, I don't know if I'm saying that right, Providenciel, Providenciel, something like that, And but the co- airport code is like, they abbreviate, I'm not saying it's the whole airport code, but the people call it Provo. Well, um, the scene in Fletch, he's going to Provo, Utah. And <laughs> so I remember checking with the, uh, I was checking with somebody on the name of the, where the airport was or what's the name of the probe, the code is uh, um, Provo, like Provo, Utah. And she knew exactly what I was talking about. She didn't know about the scene in Fletch, but I, I went ahead and was like, oh, for God, da, da, da. <laughs> Who am I sitting next to? Mr. Singling? But it was the, the she actually knew Provo, Utah, so it was kind of funny. I mean, she didn't know all the stuff from Fletch, but you know, you had to have been there, whatever. So, <laughs> but yeah, Fletch, one of the best ones ever. Uh, Chevy Chase, that's one of his best. Um, then he did a sequel, Fletch Lives, came out in 1989. Um, uh, not as good as the first one, but it had its moments, no doubt. Um, takes place in Louisiana, but um, he really goes. All out in this one, uh, Elmer Fudd Gantry. I mean, just a lot of the stuff he does wouldn't be allowed today in movies, i tell you that. So, But um, a good summer sequel will be Fletch Lives. Um, <laughs> I mean, just, um, it just just Chevy Chase. I mean, you, you can't go wrong. So, uh, excuse me. But um, The Karate Kid Part 2. I mean... The, the sequel to Karate Kid, obviously the first one. The first one was great, but it wasn't really a summer film. And they play Cruel Summer in the movie with a great 80s song. But the sequel is when they go to Okinawa. And Mr. Miyagi is his home home country. My dad loves Okinawa, by the way. He was stationed over there during Vietnam. And um, just a good sequel, you know. Uh, Daniel trying to find himself and he had, you know, his mom got a job. So he had to move to Fresno or figure it out, you know? So Mr. Miyagi let him stay in LA, but he had to go to Okinawa to see his father who was sick. So it's a good dramatic sequel to the film. And I mean, if you're a fan of Cobra Kai, you'll know about the Karate Kid movies. 
So um, it's a uh, it's a good summer of '86. I remember it very well. I mean, um, I mean, who didn't have the headband back then? You know, I mean, Karate Kid. So, um, but yeah, so a good sequel right there, Karate Kid Part Two, uh, summer of '86, right after graduation. So it was just a um, good classic '80s film right there. So um, Major League. 1989. I mean, it takes place in the summer, spring, everything, because it's, uh, it's baseball. So, uh, Major League, probably one of the best baseball movies of all time. Uh, and to me, it feels like it, it takes place in an alternate universe now because the Indians are gone, which sucks. You know what? Um, I don't see what the big deal is. Don't get me started on that, but the Cleveland Guardians? Give me a break. What a joke. So, um, the Cleveland Indians will forever be the Cleveland Indians. I will always call them that. I still have a Cleveland Indians hat. And I mean, I'm not like a diehard, like an Indians fan. I don't follow them or anything or ever did, you know. I mean, I just, but I mean, I just love that logo. It's a classic logo. I mean, and you know, another thing too, when I was on vacation, uh, parts of lots of, most, most of the counties in Ohio, driving through Ohio, most of the counties are Indian. They're named after Indian heritage, Indian tribes. Cuyahoga County is the name of the county where Cleveland is located. Cuyahoga County. Think about that. So everything's already based. It's, you know, there was a lot of Native Americans that settled in Ohio, and they were fine with calling it that. It was, but then you're going to change the name. It makes no sense. So you got, I mean, like I said, Cleveland is in Cuyahoga County, but they changed the name from Indians to Guardians. It makes no sense. So make it make sense. <laughs> anyway, but Major League to me, I mean, one of the best ones ever. Uh, baseball films, summer baseball, but um, it, they'll always be the Indians. But like I said, watching it now, it feels like you're in an alternate time because they don't exist anymore. It's just, it's just stupid. But hey, they can't take that away from us. Major League will always be Major League, and I'm going to always watch it and support it. So uh, Rick Vaughn, Willie Mays Hayes, Jake Taylor, Serrano, Lou Brown, let's give them all a big shit burger. <laughs> so, yeah, Major League's classic. Joe Boo, hey, bartender, Joe Boo needs a refill. <laughs> oh, man, up your butt, Joe Boo. <laughs> I love it when Harris, the older, uh, Chelsea Ross is the actor that plays Harris, the older pitcher. <laughs> After practice, he takes off his shirt. Charlie Sheen, he looks at him and goes, what's that shit on your chest? He goes, Crisco. They all stop. He goes, he still looks over here, Bardol, and down here, Vagisil. Either one of them will give you a two to three inches drop on your curveball. Of course, if the umps are watching me close, I rub a little jalapeno on my nose. Get it? And if I have to, I just wipe my nose. You put snot on the ball. I haven't got an arm like yours. I got to put anything on what I can find. Someday you will too. <laughs> so Charlie Sheen's like, oh, like what? You put snot on the baseball? <laughs> oh, man. KY ball delivered. <laughs> Classic. Oh, man. Probably one of the best ones here come right now. National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983. You talk about a road trip movie. is right there. Uh, great soundtrack. Christy Brinkley. Whew, jeez. Chevy Chase gives probably his best performance. I mean, just, um, I mean, I would say top five. 
But National Lampoon's Vacation, they take the trip from Chicago to Wally World. Like they're going to Disney World, I guess, something like that. And going out west and all these, all this, so much crap happens along the way. So it's just, just a great summer film. And if you have, if you're married with kids, you'll know. And it's just, it's just great. I mean, it never gets old. Uh, this is actually the 40th anniversary of National Lampoon's Vacation. So, I mean, just, just awesome. Just great stuff. Uh, the scenes I've done many Chevy Chase um, impressions on Instagram. I mean, just he he, he delivers everything about it. It's just so funny. I mean, I, I um, I'm not going to get into any scenes on it, but I mean, John Candy's appearance at the end when they um, they get to the to the park. It's just just classic. Sorry, folks, park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> you listen to me, fat ass. We drove three thousand miles to have a little Roy Wally fun. Moose says you're closed. I say you're open. <laughs> but uh, man, just just awesome. So funny. So National Lampoon's Vacation. The sequel was European Vacation. Came out in '85. Uh, I remember sneaking in to see that when I was a kid because um, I knew it was rated R, and uh, I was watching something else. I don't remember what I was going to see, but I remember sneaking in and. Uh, and I, I got away with it, but I, I didn't say for the whole thing. And I just saw um, I saw some funny parts, though. But I remember watching that a little bit as a kid in the Cinefort Theater in Oxford. But um, <laughs> but um, hoping to see a little nudity, you know. Anyway, <laughs> the '80s, man, it was the '80s. So um, good sequel, uh, National Lampoon's European Vacation, but not as good as the first one. Who the hell calls Chicago? <laughs> so. Um, Anyway, um, first one's the best, no doubt. Of course, I talked about No Holds Barred, which came out, you know, 40 years, uh, excuse me, 34 years ago yesterday. No Holds Barred, um, it's a good summer film, Hulk Hogan. Not that great of a movie. He's a terrible actor. I mean, but it, it's just, it's Hulk Hogan. When you're a kid, you don't care. You're 10 years old, you're in the midst of wrestling and Hulkamania. So it was just, it, it was a great film. When you're a kid, you don't care. Um, and... It was based on wrestling. He was the WWF champion, and he takes on Zeus, Tiny Lister, and it's like a like a UFC type, you know, primetime tough guy contest. And you know, like um, um, back then, it was just a, it was a big deal. Like they were doing it live, and um, but yeah, so it was it was just it was just funny. I mean, there were some funny moments, and but um, if you have a if it's raining on a Sunday, you got nothing to do. Watch No Holds Barred. So. <laughs> To me, it's always been one of my favorites. But anyway, um, one of my other, one of my other, probably my top five right here, summer movies. One Crazy Summer, 1986, John Cusack, Demi Moore, Bobcat Goldthwait, uh, filmed in Nantucket. I was recently there, and it's beautiful. People are great. Everything about Nantucket is awesome. One Crazy Summer, man. I mean, just everything about it, from from beginning to end, it's just it's just great. You know, you stop, can't stop laughing. Uh, John Cusack, he's afraid of the water, but yeah, he's going to an island. And they uh, meet Cassandra to be more. And then the Stork Twins, Bobcat Goldthwait's one of them. And then Booger's character from Revenge of the Nerds is in it. Um, uh, Akak. And Bill Murray's bro other other brother, um, uh, Joel, uh, Joel Murray's in it. And uh, Teddy, 
I can't remember his name, the actor, but he, he's in it. He's an annoying prick that's a local in Nantucket. And it's just, it's just a, they all come together to help Demi Moore. She's trying to get her house, her grandfather's house back and all this stuff. But just, um, <laughs> just some great moments. It's just um, hilarious all the way through. I mean, there's so many, um, I can't really, I don't want to get into a whole lot of, uh, I don't want to spoil it because it's just, it's just funny. Um, the, the, there's a, a, a pub where she's playing. She's a, she's a musician. She's playing for a for audience, and there's nobody there. And it's called the Do Drop In, like uh, D E W Drop, like I N N, like a hotel. When I was when I worked at the summers at the Ice House in Batesville, we used to stop at this little gas station, this little country store, not a gas station, more of a country store off a beaten path outside of Sardis, and it was called the Do Drop In, but it was D O drop and then I in like do drop in and it was <laughs> I was like yep this is nothing like the movie One Crazy Summer <laughs> but um, it, it was just one of those old country stores where you know um, that's where that's where the that's where all the brothers went so <laughs> but um, but we, we delivered ice to them they were nice people it was cool but I mean I'm just saying it was uh, you know just funny the names you know do drop in so <laughs> but one crazy summer um uh, just a lot of uh when george is on the beach he's trying to get a tan or he they get buried in the sand this fat guy sits the chair right over him and he doesn't notice george he got headphones on and he the big the fat guy gets the chili and he goes no please anything but chili <laughs> he can't breathe because you know what happens and <laughs> it's just funny anyway one crazy summer uh, 1986 classic. Uh, oh, we got a, we have, oh, my mother joined. Okay. Hey mom. Thank you. Yep. My mom's the only one that joined. Anyway, live Instagram. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise, 1987. Uh, great summer film filmed in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, most of the spots in Fort Lauderdale, I used to, I used to live there, so I know where they filmed it. And, uh, just, awesome summer film um the music the theme song by 38 special back to paradise is one of my favorites of all time one of the best opening intros i think of an 80s movie is when they get to fort lauderdale and uh the music hits it's just just a, just a great classic summer film um i mean in the in the peak of the 80s um so the nerds from you know lambda 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 from adams college they go to this fraternity conference in fort lauderdale well, they get, again, they're getting picked on because they don't want them there because they're nerds. And, of course, they have to fight back just like they did at the first film. So it's, it's summertime. Uh, Courtney Thorne Smith, she's absolute smoke in this movie. Uh, she, she had a good run in the 80s. Um, and then uh, Bradley Whitford, probably one of the best supporting actors out there today or has been for a long time. He's in it. He's Roger Lattimore, just an absolute jerk. And Ed Lauder is the hotel manager. <laughs> And ogres in it again. So I mean, it's just um. <laughs> all right. So I did this the other day. There's a scene. Um, there is a scene in *Vengeance* two where ogre is using the bathroom. Number one, and it starts at 23 minutes and 51 seconds into the film. He finishes at 25 minutes and 13 seconds. So he, it's almost two minutes he's going, and it's nonstop piss. I mean, he's just pissing away. It's just, and they're all looking back at him like, how is he still doing that? Like, 
I mean, almost two minutes where he's just, <laughs> he's still going, nerds! <laughs> Wet nighty. Whoa! <laughs> but, uh, and then, <laughs> oh, man, just, uh, but it was filmed at the, the Royal Flamingo Hotel is actually the Embassy Suites on Southeast 17th Street in Fort Lauderdale. I've stayed there a couple times. It's a really nice hotel. And the pool, all that, it's, it's, that's, that's it. I was like, man, I'm, this is where they film Revenge of the Nerds too. So pretty cool. Um, but yeah, so uh, <laughs> they're trying to find a hotel. And Lewis is like, how far is Daytona Beach from Fort Lauderdale? What? Because like, <laughs> they're so booked up with hotels. And that's a good drive, Fort Lauderdale to Daytona Beach. So long time. But Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Anthony Edwards is also in it, but it has very few scenes. Uh, he just did Top Gun uh, in 1986, so he didn't want to... He thought he was... He kind of... He was a jerk about it because he didn't want a movie like that to bring him back down. He was trying to be a big star, which Anthony Edwards was a big star back then, but he didn't want nerds to bring him down because he thought... Because he was in Top Gun that he was better than the, the nerds, you know? And I was just like... Kind of a kind of a dick thing to say, but but that's what that's what I read about. I remember reading that online. So anyway, but still, still a great movie. And Booger takes it up the next level with James Hong. James Hong is in it. And uh, oh, it's just it's hilarious. So moving on, we've got uh, Roadhouse from 1989. Oh, man, vintage Patrick, Patrick Swayze. Um, he's, uh, he's a cooler. And he gets hired for a job in Missouri trying to clean up a bar called the Double Deuce. And uh, Dalton. I mean, just awesome badass 80s movie um summer of 89 man i'm telling you had some great films so kelly lynch whew, pain don't hurt you know that's just uh sam elliott's performance his his uh character uh wade garrett i need the best wade garrett's the best wade garrett's getting old he's still the best <laughs> um uh, terry funk is in it and the scene where um Dalton's firing everybody, and uh, <laughs> I can't remember uh, Terry, Terry Funk's character's name, but Dalton says, you're out. Terry Funk says, what the fuck are you talking about? You don't have the right temperament for the trade. And he's got this curly hair, and it looks terrible. So Dalton says, you don't have the right temperament for the trade. And he gets up, he goes, you son of a bitch, what am I supposed to do now? He goes, there's always barber college. <laughs> and people start like, <laughs> He said, you're a dead man. <laughs> but um, I didn't realize how how big Terry Funk is. I mean, you, you look at him in wrestling, he was just like, you know, he Hulk Hogan was huge compared to Terry Funk. You look at Terry Funk in the Roadhouse, he was huge. I was like, dang, I didn't realize he was that big. I, I guess it's weird how you look at it from wrestling to a movie, but he was he was huge. Um, <laughs> it was, um, just... Uh, just a really, I mean, kind of an edge, another edge of your seat film, but just a great summer film, you know, uh, Roadhouse, awesome. And, and um, with a polar bear, you see anything, Tinker? Polar bear fell on me. <laughs> oh, man, Splash, 1984. Uh, Tom Hanks, John Candy, Daryl Hannah, Eugene Levy, uh, filmed in Cape Cod. Uh, that's where he... 
sees the mermaid and John Candy's character, Teddy, uh, just, is anybody here from Penthouse Magazine? No, then we ain't talking. <laughs> Where are my cherries? So, um, good summer film, Splash. Uh, Daryl Hannah, when she walks in the Statue of Liberty, she's totally naked, and the, the, the tour guide says, welcome to Statue of Liberty, open to everybody everywhere, including naked women. Bocce balls! Eugene Levy's character is trying to <laughs> expose the mermaid. And every time something bad happens, he goes, what a week I'm having. <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> check out Splash. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Stand and Deliver. I uh, know it's not really like a blockbuster summer film, but summer of 88. Uh, Edward James Olmos is the the teacher, the summer summer school teacher, Mr. Escalante, he's teaching these kids how to learn calculus. And it takes place in East LA, kind of rough area of the city. And these are underprivileged kids, um, Latino kids. And he, he helps them out. And he, they all pass the test. And it's just really a, amazing true story. I think it's based on a true story. But a uh, great soundtrack. Edward James Olmos, who was also Castillo in Miami Vice, uh, plays the role. And it's just, it's really good. Uh, Lou Diamond Phillips is in it. He, he delivers a great performance. Uh, also, Andy Garcia is in it briefly. But just a, just a good film. You know, it takes place in summer school. So that's another, I mean, just, I, I enjoy it. It's one of, my, one, of my, one of my favorites. Kind of a, it gives you like a Hoosiers type feel. It gives you hope that you can accomplish anything. So that's what I enjoy about uh, Stand and Deliver. Minus two plus two. What's the answer? Come on, Nedhead. What is it? Zero. Tough guys eat fried chicken for a living. <laughs> um, Summer Rental 1985 John Candy Richard Crenna great great movie uh, Rip Torn Scully uh, has that restaurant and uh, John Candy's a air traffic controller I think it's in Atlanta and they're taking a trip and they end up in the wrong house they have to, and they finally find the right place and it's uh, I'm Joe Public welcome to my beach and uh so the landlord is Richard Crenna, who's a rich guy, and he's just, he doesn't like the tenants, but he's making his money, he doesn't care. So they've had a terrible time, so he challenges uh, the landlord, Richard Crenna, to a, a boat race. And uh, if he wins, he gets two weeks rent-free, and it's just, it's a really good, good story, like a, a hopeful story. But Summer Rental, 1985, just, you can't beat it. Um, Great soundtrack, great song, Turning Around by Jimmy Buffett. So, um, Carrie Green's character from, um, she's in it. She's from, She was in The Goonies, so she's in it as well. Uh, and John Larroquette also makes an appearance. So, um, Summer Rental, check it out if you have not. Great, great summer movie. Obviously, Summer Rental. <laughs> and we go right into Summer School, 1987, with uh, Mark Harmon. Uh, Kirstie Alley, one of... Um, she was that's right when around her prime why was she right right before cheers right when she joined cheers i think was summer school um summer school mark Harmon. he's a um, gym teacher and he's trying to take this trip to hawaii with his girlfriend well somebody won the lot this other teacher won the lottery and the pr principal needs somebody to cover so he ends up shoop mr shoop that's his name mark Harmon. he has to he has no choice he has to stay and um 
or he'll 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 lose his job for the fall. So he ends up staying, being the teacher of these, you know, these kids that are just terrible. Uh, Courtney Thorne Smith's one of them, and um, just they all each have each of them has a different problem, and it's just um, oh my gosh, it just uh, Francis and the other kid. I'm telling you, they they're both like big horror fans and horror movie fans, and uh, it's uh, it there's it's just it's just great. He's trying to get them all to pass this test so they can you know graduate high school so they can have a life. So it, it first of all it's kind of lazy you know then he gets he really gets involved and helps him out. So it is kind of like a, a hopeful type film, but it's uh, a bunch of misfits and he just turns them around. So but it's a good summer movie and uh, obviously summer school, but it's uh, it's just great. So uh, one of the be- probably Mark Harmon my favorite one of my favorites along with Stealing Home. So uh, check out Summer School. Uh, came out in 1987. Uh, moving right along here, about to roll things down, uh, shut down here shortly. Uh, appreciate you listening here to the Cabana. Just having a good time. Um, Top Gun, 1986. Uh, Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, uh, probably his, probably what he's known for. It was, pro- I would say, probably the turning point in his career would be Top Gun. And uh, that, I mean, that just put him on the map. Uh, the theme song, you know, Take My Breath Away by Berlin, just is still one of my favorites. Uh, I have it on my iPod. So um, he, uh, he gets selected, he and Goose, Anthony Edwards, they get selected to go to Miramar to Top Gun School, where the best pilots are. Val Kilmer, uh, one of his best ones too. Um, Iceman. And uh, Rick Rosovich is Slider. Uh, Tim Robbins is also in it. And Clarence Gilliard Jr., rest in peace. Uh, there's just a lot of great actors in this film. Tom Skerritt and uh, Michael Ironside. So, um, and it's just the best of the best. And um, great summer blockbuster film, Top Gun. One of the, probably one of the best ones. So, uh, recently got it in 4K. And I just also saw the sequel, Maverick, uh, that came out recently. It's pretty good. Not as good as the first one, but you can't beat the first it's almost sequ- sequels are much harder from what I've read online. They're much harder to do than the original. Some sequels are better than the original, but very few. But I would say for this one, Top Gun, the first one will always be the best. So um, Pete Mitchell, the best of the best. Um, but yeah, um, just, just a great, great summer movie. Top Gun. Good. I'm sure you, I'm sure everybody's seen that by now. <laughs> um, I'm going to end it here with Weekend at Bernie's, 1989. Uh, Andrew McCarthy and Jonathan Silverman, I mean, just, uh, they meet Bernie. Uh, I can't remember his last name. I know, I'm sorry, but he, uh, he's, he's got, t- he's there. They work for this company and like uh, they're on, they're both into finances or whatever. And they think they found um, some trouble, numbers that didn't match up and they reports it to Bernie well, Bernie is trying to say, no, no, you're wrong, you're wrong. He said, I'll tell you what, why don't you come to lunch with me? Well, it turns out they're working for the mob. So he is, they did find a, a, a glitch. And so Bernie's like, you got to kill these guys. <laughs> so they, they end up getting Bernie. So Bernie's dead the whole movie, but they make like he's alive. So it's just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, they end up at his summer house and he has these parties and it's just great stuff until... They, people think he's alive the whole time. And so Weekend at Bernie's. Uh, <laughs> Vito. <laughs> love to. 
So yeah, it's um, New York City, and then they go to the beach, and it's just just great. So weekend at Bernie's, right there towards the end of the '80s, we'll top it off there. So um, that's my list. I know it's not. I'm sure I missed a lot of them. You know, there's a lot of good summer movies that aren't in the '80s or that are also in the '70s and '90s that we'll talk. We can talk about another time. But that's my '80s list. I'm gonna also say that today is also the 40th anniversary of one of my favorite films. It's not really like a summer movie. But it came out summer of 1983, Superman 3. Superman 3 to me is like a cult classic, which turned into a comedy. Uh, it's got Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor was on the Tonight, Tonight Show, I don't know, maybe back in uh, 82, uh, 81 or 82, and he just saw Superman for the first time. He's like, man, I love Superman, Superman. And he's like, I want to be in the next movie. And they thought it was a joke. Well, Warner Brothers jumps all over it, says we got to get Richard Pryor for the third for the next one, and they're like, "You kidding me?" And uh, so Superman three was supposed to be like a much larger sci-fi cosmic movie. Lex Luthor, Brainiac, Supergirl, and Mixie's Pitlick was supposed to be in it. Well, Hollywood's like, "No, we want Richard Pryor," so it became a comedy. So Superman three may have been a dud to a lot of people, but it became a comedy, it became a cult classic, and it still is today. And it had some different spinoffs that can be related to the comic. Richard Pryor builds, helps build a supercomputer. He ends up being this amazing hacker. And he builds a supercomputer, which is like Brainiac. And he turns Superman into a weird character because they found kryptonite and they mixed it with tar. So it was weird, but it turned him into bizarro Superman, kind of. So it actually turned out to be a good story. And... Um, it's actually mentioned in Office Space when Richard Pryor hacks the system and steals all that money. They do it in Office Space, and that, like in, in Office Space, he goes, and that sounds familiar. He goes, yeah, they did it in Superman three, so, <laughs> so it is mentioned, and so it does have a cult following. And so Superman three came out forty years ago today. Useless information, I know, but that's the Captain. I am full of useless, useless information. I, somebody asked me what I went to college for. I said, I majored in UIS. They said, what is UIS? I said, useless information systems. So, <laughs> there's a lot of us out there. <laughs> but um, Superman 3, one of my favorite films, uh, came out 40 years ago today. Rest in peace, Christopher Reeve and Richard Pryor. Just a, just a good, a good, you know, if you, if you have a rainy day on a Sunday or something, watch it. So it is, it is Superman. It's got the heroics of Superman, but it also has the comedy of Richard Pryor. So it's right after the toy, and he made over like a, he made like a lot of money on this movie. So um, Superman three, check it out. But um, thank you for listening to this edition of Captain Cambino's Cabana. It's been a lot of fun. Hope everybody's having a great summer. It is. Uh, we're coming up on Fourth of July, so uh, we'll have some Fourth of July food movies to talk about. But I uh, hope everybody has a great summer. Enjoy your weekend. You've been listening to Captain Cambino's Cabana live on Instagram, and we'll post this later on YouTube. Thank you for listening. Enjoy your weekend, and have fun. Be safe. Permission to come aboard.